0: Hi and welcome. So if you're looking to create a product to sell, chances are you're also looking to set up a business around your products, unless of course you're doing this for a hobby or for fun. So we speak a lot on on this podcast about sort of the elements involved in creating your products and getting it ready to sell but what we haven't really spoken about is kind of the business elements so what you need to do to get a business up and running well today's guest is going to tell you 10 practical steps you can take to get your business started so Gemma Waits helps mothers to start and grow a business alongside raising a family via startup courses and the All By Mama community. So Gemma has worked with lots of startups to help them get their businesses off the ground and um, I think that what she's going to share with you today will prove really useful. So here you go, um, I'd love to introduce you to Gemma. So welcome Gemma, thank you so much for being here. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background please?
1: Hi Vicki, thanks so much for having me today. Um, so I'm Gemma, I'm the founder of All By Mama. So I launched that business about six years ago now. And prior to that, I worked in marketing. So I was a marketing director at an agency in London. I'm focusing on customer and retail marketing. So basically putting together strategy for brands like Disney about how they can get their products sold at retail. Um, so probably a familiar story. I had uh, my first son. I went back to work in that job role. And it's a, a job that I absolutely love. I loved. Um, and um, the hours were very intense, and I wasn't seeing my son enough. It just wasn't working for me, so I decided to leave that job and start my own business. Um, the background to All By Mama is actually uh, an idea that I came up with when I was working at a township in. I was volunteering at a township in Cape Town, in South Africa, and I was. This is before I had my own children. I went over and did a month's worth of volunteering work, looking after kids while their parents were making products out of the most. Um, it was really amazing they I don't know if you, anyone listening has been to Cape Town but um, lots of people in the townships will make products that are then sold in the shops in South Africa in Cape Town and they make things out of tin cans or out of newspapers things like ornaments or prints for the wall or pictures for the wall and I first had the idea of supporting parents while um to to sell products when I was when I was there my initial idea was to come back to the UK import those products sell them and then um, as a social enterprise send the funds back at the time I didn't have the business knowledge or expertise to get that off the ground and just kind of ended up having it as an idea in the back of my head and going back into my life and going back into my marketing job and it's only when I had my first son and I decided that that job didn't work anymore for me I kind of came back onto that idea looked at it again and still was just hit by so many barriers that I thought okay I need to start somewhere that I can manage what's a version of this that I can kind of achieve and that was to help uh, mums in the UK creative mums in the UK sell products so that is broadly where the idea came from and um, obviously a background in marketing so I knew a little bit about how to do that so I've been running all by mama for six years and um, there's an e-commerce site and a community that attached to that business now
0: Oh, thank you. So you're here today to talk to us about 10 things to do when you're setting up your products business because obviously it's not just about the product. Um, I talk a lot about how to source products and how to come up with ideas and validate your ideas. So today you're going to talk us through 10 things that people need to think about when they're setting up as a business. Um, so the first is working on your vision and can you just explain a little bit um, more what you mean on that please?
1: So when you start a business you um realize very quickly how time intense it is, and you therefore really need to know why you're doing it so when I talk about vision and why I always get people to do that at the very beginning of the process is because if you don't know why you're building your business and what the vision for your business is and what that ultimately means for you and your life and your family, it's very easy to become demotivated very quickly and Also, it's very difficult to make decisions if you don't know what you want your business to be and to become, it's very difficult to make decisions. So when I talk about your vision, it means sitting down in its most basic form and thinking, what what does this business mean to me? Why am I starting it? Where do I want it to be in five years and in 10 years? And also personally, what do I want from it?
0: That's really helpful. Thank you. And I think you're right because it, I mean, as we were just talking before we started recording, it can be really tough and knowing why you're doing it does kind of help you get through some of those tougher times, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you do start and you don't have that vision set out, you soon realize that you need it. Um, and I think it's, your, vision might, your vision might change as your business grows or as you grow as a person and as time goes by, but you need that for to guide you on your decisions and to motivate you.
0: Thank you. Okay. So the next part is working on your business model. So what, um, how do we do this, Gemma?
1: So when I say this, uh, sounds quite kind of like, Oh, lots of people kind of start with a business idea, like a creative business idea and think, I know I've got this idea. I'm just going to go and put it out there. And that is great. And I, I I do kind of also stand by the just get it out there, just get it done. Um, But it's really important to actually look at how the business makes money because I end up working with and talking to so many small business owners and women, the mothers that are kind of running their business around family life and that haven't taken the time to look at the business model and how it scales and when it will make money and does it actually work? So, for instance, you know, if you're selling a product, or you're thinking about selling a product. You need to make sure you've got the right margins built in there. You could work really hard at getting that product out to wholesale and then realize that there's hardly anything left at the end. So the business model is really, really important at the beginning. And you should be getting your spreadsheet and running lots of different scenarios. So, for instance, Um, with the all-by-member community which I know is a service business but we can run that in many different ways and the only way to really come to the right conclusion about what way to run it is to do the business is to put the figures into a spreadsheet from all the different scenarios and work out what one works so you can get tripped up by this and it's best as early as possible to go and look at the business model
0: Absolutely. And for a products business, I mean that's um so advice I'd give here is to look at the different scenarios for selling your product because depending on which marketplaces you sell on so whether you sell on amazon or ebay or, or by mama or anywhere else um there might be service fees or commissions that you pay on your sales and you kind of need to run through all of those scenarios because if you've based your business idea around i'm going to sell on amazon and then you work out well actually these fees are a bit steep and i you know i'm not left with any money so as you say it's, it's definitely worth um looking into all of this up front rather than just sort of I Like you say, it's always good to push ahead with an idea. You've got a good idea, move forward with it. But yeah, spending some time thinking about will this actually work out and what is the best way to do this is yeah, definitely worth, definitely worth spending some time on.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes there's an assumption that people at the start. One of the easier things to do is that you look at your competitors and you look at their pricing and you think, oh well, you know, well, I, my product's a bit like that, or it's slightly better quality, or it's slightly better value. I'm going to price it around there. But you're making an assumption that that competitor is making a profit or has done their business modelling and knows, you know, and it's working for them. So I would always say, just look at exactly your own figures and right at the start because it's it's quite hard to change what you're charging it's not impossible but if you get yourself in just about the right ballpark to start with it'll be a lot easier
0: absolutely and also you don't know what anyone else is paying for their products that's another thing because there's a difference between a company who's at the stage where they're ordering thousands and somebody who's ordering hundreds and the difference in what you'd be paying per item is going to be a lot more so yes there's always yeah there's a lot to consider okay so the next part is understanding your ideal customer
1: so on understanding your ideal customer as, as much as you can niche your customer as possible at the beginning it the better because you might say my products for everybody or my products for mums but really that's not if you're saying my products for mums that's not really defining who your customer's for, and who your customer's for, so who your product's for. If you are able to really identify who your ideal customer is, it's going to be much easier to find them, and they're going to find you. And um, The other reason to identify your ideal customer early on is because you, you need to understand not who they are, who, not just who they are, I should say, not just the fact that they are a mum or they have two kids or they live in Scotland or whatever. It has to be what is the insight around that customer. So what is their pain points? What do they struggle with? What keeps them up at night? Those kind of questions you need to be asking yourself. And um, what value am I bringing to my ideal customer? And if you haven't got a niche customer or a specific type of person you can't answer that because they're all going to have different problems uh, so the clearer you can be on your messaging at the start targeting a particular type of person the more likely you are to attract those initial customers
0: Great. Thank you. So we've done um, a few episodes about talking about customers before. So I'll link to those in the show notes because I absolutely agree that it's, you know, you need to know if you're not, you need to know exactly who you're selling your product to. And yeah, as you say, Gemma, the more detail you can go into the, the, I think it makes the marketing a lot easier, doesn't it? If you know exactly who you're talking to and what sort of things concern them and what, what they're looking for, it just makes it just make, even though it's a bit of work up front, I do think it makes the marketing A lot easier
1: yeah and I think you know there's an expectation sometimes that you put a product out there and you know all the benefits and even if you communicate the benefit it's soft or whatever the benefit is you know and one thing you can always test yourself is by is is by saying and so what you know that doesn't necessarily mean that your ideal customer really knows why that's a benefit to them so you want to talk to them in the terms of what the benefit is to them and you can't do that unless you really know who they are and what they need
0: Yeah absolutely I think I talk about that actually a lot when um, writing product descriptions because often people will list like you say benefits like soft Um, whereas if I don't know if you can say something like you know your baby will get out of the bath and this will be like a lovely warm experience it'll be just like them having a lovely soft cuddle in this really lovely towel for example that came off the top of my head so it didn't sound that polished but I think that kind of paints a bit more of a picture for a mum than just saying this is soft um which and absolutely soft is a benefit but like you say if you think you if you know that actually your customer is a parent um and the parent of a young baby and something that's going to be important to them is when their baby gets out of the bath and they're wrapped up in a towel their baby's going to feel warm and dry and safe um, I think yeah knowing sort of your customer in that sort of level definitely makes it easier.
1: Yeah absolutely.
0: Okay so the fourth thing to do at, when you're setting up your products company is identifying your USP or unique selling point.
1: So this is really important because you don't necessarily need to be the first person to have an idea there's lots of examples of massively successful businesses that weren't the first i'm not suggesting you ever copy somebody's idea that's not what i mean but there's obviously lots of different types of towels or for example just using the example of towels again randomly here Um, but you know what what makes your product different is it a product benefit that's unique to you is it a branding um element that's unique to you is it something that you are bringing from your experience or your knowledge so what is the differentiator to your product and this is where it is sometimes beneficial to look at what what competitors are doing and what's on the market already so that you know why you can stand out because ultimately if you're bringing your product to the market there's got to be a reason that someone's going to choose that over another product and that's going to be your usp your differentiator why you're different
0: yeah. And actually coming back to the point before about understanding your customer, just the fact that you understand your customer might be your USP and um, depending what kind of product you're going for. If you are, you know, if you've got a really good understanding of your customer and what they need, but none of your competitors do, that might be your USP right there, which is why I definitely think it's worth taking the time to, to think through both of these elements.
1: And yes. um yeah it needs to be linked to your customer needs obviously you know there's no point in having a differentiator that your customer's not interested in so it's got to be linked to exactly that exactly their needs
0: which i guess in the way which also comes back to your business model and your vision this all ties together brilliantly (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get now into some of the more practical things people need to do. So I guess these first four steps, you could say, is kind of the, some of the thought work that you need to do. But then obviously there are some practical steps that you need to take when you're setting yourself up as a company. And um, the next one is setting up a company's house.
1: So I always say, put this in, because um, you, know, you need to set your business up properly from the start. So whether that is you investing in an hour of an accountant's time and understanding the different ways you can set set yourself up as a business as a limited company or as a partnership or as a sole trader or whatever one you're going to pick um you've got to do that properly from the start you need to check that your name is not trademarked and, and it's not taken at company's house um so go through those kind of things you need to um look at another thing you need to do with your name is type it into google is there a million names coming out that sound like yours, or that are, that are similar to yours, and it's going to be really hard for you to rank. So, um, there's a lot of thought and research to be done around when you when you're naming your company and when you're setting your company up around going and making those checks and checking sure, making sure you're doing everything correctly. Um, I would always recommend, you know, you can find this stuff. You can go onto gov.uk uk and look at all of this and find all this stuff out for yourself, but. A conversation with somebody who knows is really going to help you because you can kind of find yourself looking through loads and loads of web pages and getting yourself into a bit of a, a ball of confusion but you need to set it up or get it clear in your head what type of business you're you are setting up and making sure that uh, you can you can claim the name that you want and that kind of thing
0: yeah. And I think that is something that people can get a little bit hung up on as well, because I know at the beginning, when I set up my company, certainly whether to register as a company or to go as a sole trader was something I agonized over. And actually all I needed to do was pick one and, and go with it. And I think the same is probably to be said about names as well. Um, providing the name is quite good and no one else has taken it and you can have an online presence. Sometimes you just need to make a decision and move forward. Cause I do think, um, yeah, definitely people can get held, myself included, people can definitely get held up here. Um, yeah. And I think as well, I think your advice to talk to, to somebody is good too because I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer either as the best way to structure your company because there are so, you know, so many differences, aren't there, um, for things like tax yeah. and all kinds of different implications. Yeah.
1: It, it can depend on how you want to grow instance and how big you want the company to become and those kind of things, a little bit linked back to vision. Um but talking to just spending some time either seeking some advice somewhere within a network somewhere or reaching out to an accountant or something like that, I think is really beneficial for an initial conversation at the early stages because I think not only you're reassured that you're doing it properly, it just it gives you that little bit of confidence that right, I've made that decision. Like you say, you don't need to just don't don't get held up at that stage. When it comes to the name you know if the name broadly represents something that that your company is associated with or what your doesn't have to necessarily describe exactly what your what your company does but um yeah you're right people do really get held up on what do i call what should i call it what should i call it so i think there's a a checklist of a few basic checks and things to run through um once you've done that make the decision and get going
0: and I I'm, I'm, I think I'm right in thinking as well that to set yourself up as a company, to register as a company, doesn't actually take that long and doesn't actually cost a lot of money. Am I right in saying that?
1: It, yeah, it's not. I think it's £40 um, and it's like a 10-15 minute process. You fill out some some forms on company's house website and you get sent some emails um you need a registered you need to work out where your registered address is whether you're going to have that as your home address or whether you're going to use a co-working office or a po box address or if you if you google registered addresses because some people don't like that to be their home address because it appears on the internet obviously Um, yeah it's very quick it's a very quick process
0: Okay, so hopefully if you're listening to this and feeling a bit daunted, that's kind of giving you a little bit of reassurance. And coming back to the name, so what are the basic checks you would go through before just deciding that a name was okay?
1: So definitely look at Companies House, number one, check there isn't a business with that name. Look at trademarks, check there's no, it's not trademarked. Um, Look at Google, go onto Google, type in the name. See what happens. Is anybody else got that name? Go a few pages back, or how likely are you going to be to be able to um rank highly when that if somebody searched for your business? So, for instance, if you put in "all by mama," it will come up. If I put in "evolve," there's loads of businesses called "evolve." Just a random example. So it depends. You know, it's going to be harder to rank with that business on on uh, Google. Um, also, you might want to reach out to a network and say to them, what does this name mean to you? Or does this name represent anything to you? Um, do you have a story? Have you decided to call it your name that name because there's a story behind the name? Or is it because the name actually says what you are doing? So I guess as long as you're clear on those kind of things, you're probably good to go.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Okay, so once you've got your name, the next step is designing a logo. So how might we go about this?
1: So there's a book called The Lean Startup, which um, which I posted about before on my Instagram. And it's a really good place to start if you are just starting a business because what you want to do is do everything as quickly as possible in the most cost-effective way as possible so you can test it because guaranteed it will change once you adapt and learn and once you start learning and listening to feedback so you know if you depending what your skills are like you could go onto canva and design yourself your first logo if you wanted to i know lots of people that have successfully done that and then rebranded two or three years down the line when they've got more money behind them or they know their business is going in the direction that they thought it was going to go in um and they want to kind of rebrand or in fact we did that with all by mama we rebranded two years in we actually totally changed the logo changed the colors changed it changed everything um or you know if you're i, I would i would to be honest advise doing something like that to start with there's websites like fiverr and 99designs and those kind of things where you can get a logo design created uh, it can sometimes be great can sometimes be a bit hit and miss or you could work with a designer and obviously ask them to, to put, uh, design a logo for you. In that instance, you're going to have lots of upfront work to do, which you should be doing anyway, thinking about what is your, what does your brand represent? What are your brand values? If you what brand colors have you chosen? Why have you chosen them? What does that represent? You know, you should be doing all that thinking yourself anyway, but if you are literally just at the point of, I just want to get this idea and this concept out there to see if it's going to fly just don't get caught up on the logo is what I would say.
0: That's great. Thank you. And I think, yeah, I think not getting caught up on things is actually a, a sort of a key message for all of this, isn't it? Just don't let things, don't let things that are relatively small in the scheme of things just hold you back. I actually used 99designs for my logo and had quite a lot and I actually quite liked it. Um, and the reason being, and I'll, I'll share with everyone, is that I had no idea what I wanted. I didn't re- really i this is a tiny chipmunk and I didn't know what colors I wanted I didn't know what fonts I wanted I literally had a name and the fact that I was going to be selling baby products beyond that I didn't have a clue um, and so for me that actually works out brilliantly because I got such a variation and actually um when this episode goes out I'll post maybe I'll post on Instagram and share some of the ones I didn't choose because it was really interesting but I think yeah I'll I'll link to um I put a link to 99designs in the show notes for anyone who hasn't heard of it because that's a great place if you don't have a clue because you will get you'll be inviting lots of designers to to work and you will only pay for the one you ultimately choose and actually I believe that if you don't like any of them you don't need to go ahead of anything so that might be an option but as you said Gemma it's definitely something you don't need you can do yourself I don't think for canvas so easy to use isn't it I don't think you need any kind of advanced design skills I use it for everything and yeah I think my stuff looks okay (laughs) um (laughs) Okay, so you've got a name and a logo. So the next thing is getting an online presence, and I guess this also links into the name because um, when we talk about the name earlier, I think another thing you probably want to do when you're thinking about what to name your company is checking that URL is actually
1: available. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on the online presence, yeah, it's a good point. You need to back into back into the, the checklist for the names. You're right. You need to go into social media channels and check that you can get that name um or the name that you've chosen if you can just just start the just start the profile on instagram or facebook or, or twitter or whatever channel you are on and just put coming soon so just reserve it um and then you know you've got it and it's there and the last thing you want to do is register your company and then you've got you've know, got the process of getting your logo sorted and then all of a sudden you think oh i haven't got the instagram but i did check it and then somebody else has taken it and then you're like oh so yeah Good to just get that quickly. Um, so online presence. Um, now, this is going to span across loads of different things. So obviously setting up your social media pages, Facebook pages, although it's not like people are searching the pages or reading a lot of the content all the time on the Facebook page itself or massively engaging with those Facebook pages anymore. But they're really important if you're going to run any Facebook ads or if you're going to do shop or Instagram. So get yourself a Facebook page um instagram if you your product business instagram's probably a good place to be as well don't undervalue linkedin and your own networks i think a lot of it's well, personally my experience when i had when i was starting a business i got a lot of support from my networks on linkedin and i know a lot of people have had that same experience so don't underestimate if you've got a linkedin using that um websites now of all domain names, where do I start? I guess you want to look at buying a domain. So one of the easiest places to do that would be GoDaddy. Um, just one of the example, one of the places you can use. There's a few different places you can go to. Um, you want to look at buying your domain name. And then building your first website. Again, there's lots of different ways you can get that built. I wouldn't go overboard with spending lots of time and money, again, building your first website at this stage. It's just a case of getting a presence. So whether that's a sales page explaining what you're, what you're doing or whether it's a website, basic very basic website that you build on Shopify or I've heard Wix is I haven't used Wix personally, but I've heard that that's become quite good um, or... Um, WordPress um just start by with the basics and get yourself out there um I massively massively advocate the absolute kind of brilliance of networks and of course I run one so I'm slightly biased but whether it's my network or somebody else's network I'm also in lots of other networks um and even at this very first stage of getting your business started and set up if you are in a community of any sort you can get some visibility so whether that's I've just got this out there can can everybody kind of give it a push or can everybody give me their comments and their feedback or being in networks is really important for those that first bit of visibility Um, so yeah I think once you feel like you've got all that stuff out there and set up it also starts to feel more real So then you can feel like right now I've done this even if that's that's not perfect it doesn't need to be perfect at this point what's my next step?
0: Yeah I think that's really good advice and um, just coming back to the websites because I've something that I um, people will say to me that I think is worth sort of mentioning is well I'm planning to sell on Amazon, eBay, wherever I'm planning to sell on this third-party website so why do I need my own and I'm I don't know what your thoughts are, Gemma, but I still think that you need to have your own website because that's yours and anywhere else you're selling, you know, you could be taken, you know, it could be, I don't think Amazon's going away, for example, but people do get kicked off. It happens. Um, other marketplaces can shut down. I do think it's worth still having your own web presence. Would you agree
1: with that? I would 100% agree that, that's your, that would, that's your owned presence. So you own that website. You can start, you should be starting straight away, building up your mailing list, which you own. Um, and like you say, obviously, you know, unlike you know, Amazon's going anywhere in the immediate future, right here, right here, right now, but that's not an owned presence on the web. And you might not even sell anything through your website or hardly anything at all. Um, but to start with, you might just to get some revenue, go down the route of using a marketplace. But yeah, I absolutely agree. You should, you should build up some owned presence, something that you have control over, definitely.
0: I think more and more as well, when people are shopping on whatever the marketplace might be, I know I certainly do this. If I see a seller that I've never heard of before, I sometimes will Google them just to yeah. see if they're legitimate, what people say about them. And I think if they didn't have a web presence, that would give you cause to go, well, why is that? Because everyone's online nowadays, aren't they? If a company doesn't have a Facebook page or it just doesn't feel quite Absolutely. right. Not saying there is anything wrong. I'm sure there are plenty of companies out there about Facebook pages for good reason. But I feel like, yeah, if you're getting started now, it's definitely something to get in place.
1: Yeah, I think it helps with, like you say, um, trust, consumer confidence exactly that uh, as well so yeah I would agree
0: and the mailing list was a really good point as well and I have to admit I was I was probably at least a year into my business before I actually thought about setting up MailChimp and getting a mailing list and it's one of those things where I feel think whenever you do it unless you do it with a one you're always going to wish you did it sooner because it just makes life so much easier if you have a list of people that you can email when you release a new product or you have a sale or so anything you know anything going on if you have like people you can just get directly into their inboxes because no matter how many followers you have on social media and I'm sure we've all heard this um not everyone sees what you post on social media if you can get in someone's inbox that's really important so yes that's that's my um little bit here was do get it do build up an email list
1: and conversion rates off email um, is much higher than social, so you're much more likely to convert from an email than you are from a social media post. So uh, yeah, it is a really important thing to do. But you're also you you know if you can weave in some consistency around uh, mailing lists again, it starts to build up your presence. Uh, loads of ma- loads of reasons to build a mailing list. <laughs>
0: well thank you I didn't know that about conversion rate I guess it makes sense because with email someone's actually given their address so presumably they want to hear from you so yeah that's really interesting okay so the next thing we're going to talk about is making yourself accountable
1: so I think this is really important because you're trying to start up a business you may or may not be surrounded by somebody else that's done it maybe and So firstly, there's that. It's quite an intense thing, I think, especially if you're doing it around kids. It feels very... It's time-intensive at the start, Um, and you need to be... If you're not around somebody that understands why you're working at midnight (laughs) all of a sudden (laughs) to get this thing off the ground, um, it can be really hard to stay motivated and and, and to kind of keep yourself going. Um, when I talk about make yourself accountable, what I really mean is like goal setting. So you, like we talked about earlier, you can get stuck at all these different stages, but there's always an answer and there's always a way to get through them. And if you don't have your own goal set, then it's very, going to be very easy for you to kind of drift and, and not get and not get through. And then before you know it, a few months has passed and you feel like you haven't made any progress and again, it becomes demotivated. One of the best things you can do is tell somebody. So make tell somebody. Even you, you could tell, ideally not your mum, because she's probably not going to – well, she might, but she might not be the one to say, why have you not done that? You know, you said you were going to do that. Why have you not done that? You might think about putting it out there. Just put, put it, if you've got starting a social media presence, you could start to just put it out there. So say, I am doing this. This is coming on Monday. You've made yourself accountable then, and you know you've got to get that done. So you could find an accountability partner. So someone else that's in the same kind of phase as you, that's starting to set up a business and you can hold each other accountable. Have you done this yet? No. Have you done this yet? No. Right. Let's both do it by X or get yourself a mentor. So someone that's been there and done that, that's happy to give some time to support you um, that will kind of guide you along that process and um, can help you stay accountable to doing what you need to do because, you know, it's, it's an up and down emotional roller coaster running a business. So I think every everybody that runs one talks about honestly will say that, and you need to have not only support but you also have a need accountability to get through the harder stuff. So I think that's important from the start.
0: Yeah and and coming back to what you said right beginning Gemma again think having a vision and knowing why you're doing it is also helpful because it's not always fun to be working at midnight or getting up at five or whatever it is or missing something because you need to get your website set up or whatever but I think if you know exactly why you're doing it and you can see sort of what the end looks well not the end but you can see what progress looks like and where you want to get to I think that definitely helps okay so the next thing is working on timing so do you mean timings around when you'll get things done is this part of keeping yourself accountable or is this something different
1: uh kind of yeah so I think that's a case of looking at right I'm in January now by June I want to have done this by September I want to have done this by the end of year one so it's a little bit linked into goal setting but also I mean I don't know I think lots of people are guilty of this I was certainly guilty of this when you start your business do you think right well, I launch it in January. By February, I'll probably have about 10,000 shoppers. By, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you set, you know, you've, got, you've, you've set yourself these wild kind of targets and you think things are going to happen really quickly. And the truth is, at the beginning of a business, not only are you finding your feet and you're working out what your audience or your ideal customer wants, and you are going to ch- get feedback from that, and you probably will therefore change your proposition slightly, your business slightly. But you are... Um, you know you're also you're learning all that so things take time and I think 90% of small business owners will probably say it's taken longer than they thought or the first year things took longer than they thought to happen whether that was getting the website up and running and pressing go or building a certain piece of tech or finding that 20th customer or most of the time, it takes a little bit longer than what you think initially if you haven't done it before. So I would say when it, when it when I talk about working on timings, that's timings for you. So where you want to be by when, but also at, at, in terms of the business and you. Um, but but not just doing some talking to other people that have been there, so you can really try to get some realistic kind of assumptions around timings as well and actually it leads into the next point your personal finance plan but what you what that means what those timings actually mean for you and your business so I'll I'll wait for you I won't talk about that yet until we're on it
0: (laughs) no that's fine let's talk about the personal finance plan because I think that probably it makes sense to talk about while we're talking about timings because I think the two are linked aren't they
1: Yeah, absolutely. So with the personal finance plan, I think everybody's going to be coming to starting a business from a different place. You might be coming from a point of having nothing to invest and really needing it to work. You might be coming from a point of security and having some money to invest and therefore not necessarily financially needing it to work as necessarily you might be coming from a place of having a little bit of savings and you do need to financially to work by X, you know, everybody's coming from a different place when they're starting their business. So it's really important to look at how, especially if you're leaving a job um, to do this, what are you expecting from your business in terms financially? And at what point are you thinking you're going to get that? And what does that mean? Does that mean that you have to have a part-time job that runs alongside I've done bits of freelance before um, at the beginning of starting all by mama to run alongside it because I knew there was times and it wasn't going to be making enough money from it. Um, mapping out your finance plan so that you know that you have got, you're either going to get be getting the money that you need from the business or you don't need to worry about that. Or if you can't get it from the business by X point, where else it might come from? Because if you have not got that sorted, you're not going to be able to focus on what you need to do to grow it. So I think just sitting down at the start and having a really honest conversation with yourself about, right, this is how finances look for me. And this is how much I have to invest, either I do or I don't. And this is how I could spend that. And this is what I would like to get from that and where that leaves me or my family. Uh, it's a good thing to do.
0: Definitely. And I think obviously there also might be people who have to sort of Perhaps borrow money to get set up as well, and I guess that's something to take into consideration. Is okay? Well, how much is that, and how are you going to pay it back, and by when? And yeah, so as you say, everyone's situation is different, but I think you're right. It's it's good to think about this at the beginning rather than getting six months in and thinking, well, actually, I've made no money and I've spent this money, and what do I do now? Um, Because as you say, you don't want to start something that's just not going to be sustainable
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: oh well thank you so so much Gemma so um if you are listening to this and thinking oh wow this is a lot this is quite scary um I thought I was only creating a product and I didn't even think about all these other things I had to do um first of all just to say don't be disheartened don't be put off because yeah we have shared a lot with you today um but it's all I think it's all things I think, Gemma, you'd say that you need to know, you need to be thinking about, um, and so I think knowing it, just knowing, having some of this in your head now, is is a really good start because we might have talked about things that you'd never even considered, but definitely don't be daunted because it's all doable. It's um, you don't need to do everything at once. You don't need to do everything perfectly. Things can be changed. Um, you can make mistakes, and it's and it's got it's all going to be okay. Um, but I think the, the key thing I want you to take away is to just be aware right at the start what you need to do and, and start doing it. And don't be afraid to do some of the thinking as well. So while it might be really tempting to start, you know, do the more fun stuff, get your product created and build a website, don't, don't skip over some of these like foundational steps because they are, I think they are key to having a successful business uh, rather than just having a product that sells. Is there anything you wanted to add,
1: Gemma? No, I agree. Um, exactly what, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I agree with what you're saying about don't be daunted because, it, it, like you say, a case of just getting it out there, getting it done, and starting where you need to start as a person, you will learn along the way and you'll have these experiences. I've just talked about what I've some of the things that I've learned and some of the things that are great to do at the start. But yeah, it isn't, don't let it stop you getting started. All these things are. Learnable, and you'll come to them at some point. If you can do it earlier, then then great. Fantastic,
0: thank you. So, Gemma, I know that you are about to open up. I think it's the second phase of your course. So, your business startup course—is that right?
1: So, I've I've written, I've got uh, launched a course before—a marketing course, which has been running for a little while now, which is um, promoting a product or service at retail. But I'm learnt, launching. I've actually set up a second business, separate to All By mama. So it's a company called uh, Gemma Waits, nice name, <laughs> Just my name. I'm sure and... you come up on Google. <laughs> That's exactly why I did it. Um, and it, it I, I'm teaching mums to start businesses. So you can start a business without any help, but some people need their help. And I learned a lot of things in a very expensive way when I launched All By Mama uh, six years ago. And what I want to do is teach others what I've learned along those kind of six years. So since launching, I've kind of put everything together in one course that will help you go from either I I think I have an idea, but I'm not quite sure what my idea is, So how do I validate that idea? And then how do I get the business set up? And then how do I find a customer? And then what do I do after I've got my first customer, that kind of journey or people that have just started a business, they might be a couple of months in or in within the first year. And they maybe they're launching a new product or a new service, or they're thinking I've kind of got it out there and I'm really pleased. And this is, this is happening, but now we need to go back and look at some of the things that we've just talked about uh, and, and guiding people through that process. So I've spent a lot of money on coaches in my, my time that I've had since I launched All By Mama, I've attended a couple of different accelerators, which are fantastic, and learned a lot from that, and obviously had the experience of launching All By Mama, but also working with over 500 businesses run by mums. And that's what All By Mama is. It's a community of businesses run by mums. So I've had these conversations for the last six years with many, many different people and got some kind of quite unique Insight and experience from that. So, the courses that I'm running are three month courses. We do them as a community, a small community, and I work one to one with people to help them get that business or idea validated and up and running. Um, There will be a version that doesn't include the one to one, but that's going to be out later this year. So, the first one is kicking off on the 17th of August, and yeah, that's the beta course.
0: That's fantastic thank you so if you're listening to this and you you know this does sound this sounds daunting and you'd like some expert advice then um, definitely do take a look at Gemma's course it'll be linked over in the show notes um, and if you're listening to this some point in the future um, it's now August 2020 but if you're listening later um, then obviously still go and take a look look because Gemma you will be doing more intakes I like presume at later dates, I'll
1: three, yeah I'll be doing three a year and I'll also have a product that um, you can do and take it as a self-paced product a self-paced course without the one-to-one which will be if you're listening in the future will probably be available oh <laughs> well, brilliant
0: well, thank you so much for all you shared today Gemma is there anything else you wanted to add before we finish today
1: uh no just thank you very much for having me um if you want to have a look at all by mama then you can go to allbymama.com that's the marketplace um Uh, you can find us on instagram at all by mama underscore network and thank you very much I really appreciate the opportunity to come and share that with you so thanks for having me today
0: Oh, you're welcome. So thank you so much for all that you've shared. And um, I will also add that I am also part of the All By and network. I sell on the marketplace. And if you are a parent and you're looking to create a product to sell, it's definitely worth going over and taking a look because as well as the marketplace, if you're part of the network, you get a lot of support as well, which um, for me certainly has been really, really valuable. So yeah, really recommend taking a look. Okay. Thank you so much, Gemma. Thank you. I really hope you found this interview of Gemma and myself useful. As I said earlier, it's meant to support you and not daunt you. So if you do need any further support, please do reach out to either of us. Please also do take a look at the checklist that I mentioned earlier, which you can find at checklist.vickyweinberg.com forward slash free. And that checklist is a list of all the things you need to do to create your product, but also the 10 things that Gemma outlined today in terms of starting off your business. So that might be something really useful for you to work through and just take small steps towards to get your business and your product um, off the ground thank you so much as always please do rate and review this podcast i would absolutely love to hear what you think um, and see you next week